What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for joining us for our last episode of the October Stravaganza. Woo woo! Yes, this is. I mean, it's kind of like a sad woo woo. A whoop whoop. Yeah, <laughs> this is the last one because Halloween is is Sunday, so. Right. By the time Monday rolls around, our new episode rolls around, it will be November. So, you know. So goodbye, what the October. Heck? What Came the and went so soon. Truly, truly. But the best is still yet to come because, like I said, Halloween is coming up. We're very, very excited for it. We hope that you guys are excited for it. But... If you guys don't have any plans for that Halloween weekend, we might have something you might be kind of interested in. We would we would love to invite you to our Halloween party. Um, you're very special. Oh, there's only so many invitations going out, and <laughs> you guys are getting one of them. <laughs> yeah, um, only you, only you listening only right now. You. Okay, we are going to have a virtual Halloween party on saturday um so we're going to be dressing up in costume of course naturally uh so it is technically a costume party um please feel free to dress up if you'd like because we are going to be doing a costume contest um for that and the prize is to be announced but we will be doing a costume contest so if you guys um would like to dress up and partake in that then hippity hop into our discord because that is where i'm pretty sure everybody's going to be posting all of the photos for that mm -hmm. um but we will be doing costumes and we'll be chit-chatting drinking spooky drinks uh playing some games etc etc you know just doing some fun stuff um so if that's something that you're interested in please go over to our social media because we will have more information posted about that on there but like i said no plans for saturday well guess what you've got plans now and we hope to see you there also it's gonna be on twitch i don't know if i said that but that's the virtual <laughs> part of it is gonna be on twitch <laughs> we, we were getting there, we're, getting we, there. We, were, we were heading there um but also today's episode is going to be well this was actually our discord decides for the month um, mm -hmm. And Discord did decide, they did in fact decide, but the theme for this month, we thought it was only right and it totally fit for us to tackle some huge horror villains that we haven't yet talked about. Um, because obviously there's, you know, we've, we've gone into Freddy quite a bit, but there are some pretty big heavy hitters of the genre that we we haven't even covered their first movie yet. Um, and it was really hard for us to decide which one we should do first. So we decided to let you guys decide because we were like, we don't even know. Um, <laughs> so we put three head to head and Friday the 13th 
was the winner of the vote. Um, so that is what we will be talking about today. But as is with every other theme that we've done this month, uh, if you would like to hear us talk a little bit more in depth about some huge horror villains within the genre, then come and check us out on Twitch tonight. We will be discussing some other villains that we love or maybe don't like or that scared us or are not scary at all. Uh, we'll be diving a little bit further into that. So if you would like to hear our thoughts on that, then come and hang out on Twitch. And if you want to be part of the next Discord Decides come and hang out on our discord the link for both of those is in our social media bios mm -hmm. discord's starting to get popping too you don't want to miss out on all the good stuff y'all better true. get in there hey true it it is it is kind of lit in there <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna lie it is it's, it is, it's dimly lit though because we do like to keep it spooky but it is lit right nonetheless. it's lit by a lantern <laughs> in the corner <laughs> flickering in and out but you're right um but yeah so today we are going to be talking about Friday the 13th, um, which I will say, very similarly to our Discord Decides last month, I was going into it thinking Jason was going to be the underdog. Like, I truly, I really truly. was. And, and no, he's swept by, like, a lot. It wasn't yeah. even a close race. <laughs> he really He really did that. No, um, it could just be that uh, a lot of things have come out recently, you know, Halloween Kills mm -hmm. and we had the Scream announcement trailer. So maybe everyone was like, we've gotten our dose of Michael Myers. We've gotten our dose of Ghostface. But, you know, who we haven't heard from in a little bit. Jason. Our boy Jason. What's that Voorhees up to? What's he been doing? <laughs> What's young Voorhees yeah. doing? <laughs> you, Where I, have you been? I ain't talked to him in a while. Have you? <laughs> I'm kind of worried. <laughs> kind of worried about him. Um, <laughs> Gotta check up. Yeah, <laughs> need to check up. Got to my gut. Might need to go to camp and check up on him. Um, but yeah, Friday the Thirteenth won for that, and I was actually really excited about it because I think out of, and this is not not even just out of like the villains that we had put up to also vote against, but just like horror franchises in general. I will say Friday the Thirteenth is probably the one that I have seen the least movies from um mm -hmm. it's one that i think really flies under my radar at times and i i think i figured out why when i was watching it again earlier um but i was excited when that one because i a have not seen the original friday the 13th in a very very long time yeah and, same here and b i just kind of wanted to dive into this franchise a little bit more maybe learn more about it than i than i knew because i honestly like i said i didn't know very much um so yeah i was really excited that that one won i was kind of pulling for it honestly <laughs> <laughs> you just find well, out that i'm like rigging all the votes <laughs> Right. <laughs> You're like, oh. We look into it. It's just Erica voted 37 times for <laughs> Friday the 13th. I have all these like burner accounts on Discord <laughs> voting for all the ones I want. Um, but last little thing is the on Netflix, there is a show called The Movies That Made Us, 
where they go in and they break down like very popular movies and just discuss like the behind the scenes of what went into making them. And for October, they uploaded, I think, like four or five Halloween episodes. Um, but they cover like Friday the 13th is one of the episodes. They cover Halloween. They cover um, Nightmare on Elm Street. So if you guys wanted to look more into those movies and like the behind the scenes, they're really fun. Like, I, I, I really like that show. It's a really fun. They're quick, like 45 minutes um, little you know, views into these movies. And we will be pulling some information from that episode that they did on Friday the 13th. But I wanted to give it a little plug if you guys love seeing like how, what may, what went into making a movie. I highly recommend that show. Mm -hmm. But I think that is all of the announcements and the pluggy plugs we wanted to make for today. So without further ado, shall are you ready to go to Camp Crystal Lake or not? Nah? I think I'm I think I'm ready. I think I got my backpack all set up and I'm good to go. You got your backpack, so. you got your socks. That's all you need. Backpack and That's, socks. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, truly, truly. Uh but yes, homies, as always, we are now entering into spoiler territory. So you have been warned. But today, as we said, we are talking about the OG. The original Friday the 13th from 1980. This was directed by Sean Cunningham, written by Victor Miller, starring Adrian King as Alice, Janine Taylor as Marcy, Robbie Morgan as Annie, Kevin Bacon as Jack, Harry Crosby as Bill, Lori Bartram as Brenda, Mark Nielsen as Ned, and Betsy Palmer as Mrs. Voorhees. At the edge of a shimmering lake sits an unassuming summer camp with a dark history. Welcome to Camp Crystal Lake, or as the locals like to call it, Camp Blood. A group of young teens are prepping the camp for the children to arrive, fixing cabins, smoking grass, and generally having a good time. That is, until an unknown assailant starts picking off the counselors one by one, turning this innocent summer getaway into a blood-soaked crime scene. Insert horny camp counselors bloody throat slices, and lack of parental supervision here. Our film concludes with one lone killer seeking revenge and the birth of an evil unlike any we've seen before. Also, <laughs> roll credits. <laughs> 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 but alrighty, Erica. Yes. I have a question for you. Okay. That I hope you may or may not have an answer for. Perhaps. And the question is, uh, Erica, what is in your notebook? Okay. So the very first note that I have is Halloween esque opening. Um, it is no true. It, <laughs> true. it is no super like it's no secret that. Friday the 13th was made to capitalize on 
the popularity of Halloween. Uh, nobody tries to hide that fact. It is <clears throat> highly like everybody talks about it, including the director and the writer. They're like, yeah, we were just trying to make a movie similar to Halloween and use that formula to our advantage. Mm -hmm. um, Victor they got no shame in that game. Oh, no shame. And you know what? Why should they? Because that's what everything is. It's just like a play on everything else. Um, and everybody else in the genre was doing it. They just so happened to find the right um, recipe to make a successful dish. And I, I cannot mm -hmm. fault them for that. But Victor Miller himself says that he... Sean reached out to him and wanted a ripoff of Halloween. So Victor went and watched Halloween and he got the format and he said the three ingredients you needed was a secluded or secluded teens, a prior evil. So an event that had happened prior to what is happening in the film. And then the teens need to be taken down one by one. Um, but something that I did notice is even with this beginning, they use that idea of we're seeing from the killer's perspective mm -hmm. for this entire opening sequence because we are the killer walking around and like walking through bunks and then walking in on these teenagers, getting it on. Um, mm -hmm. But the thing in this movie that's so important is the mis is the keeping the killer's identity hidden for the majority of the movie is a huge factor so i i you know they they use that for a specific reason but it does feel very halloweeny it feels very much michael myers going in to kill his sister just like the yeah. way that it's filmed minus like the mask and the heavy breathing like <laughs> this is basically <laughs> what we have here um but also am i the only one after watching like the final girls where it's hard to take that beginning seriously when they're singing the song. <laughs> oh my God. I, you are not alone. I wrote in my notes, like what is this Christian hell of a song circle? I mean, is that truly like say word? That was the funnest thing they could do in 1958 <laughs> because it's Just one sit around and sing hallelujah. Sing oh my God. I would ask for a refund on my camp so quickly like, if that was the case. I gotta go. But you know what? The thing that had me, <laughs> had me confused is all of the young campers are asleep. Like they're singing for themselves. This isn't even oh, like, yeah. it's not entertainment for little kids. They are singing to each other and they're all like meant to be late teens. And I was like, that's what we're doing though. Like that's the fun. And, and, and the funniest part is that like, you know, our two teens go, go off to like, you know, have sex away. But I love as they're leaving the group, like, starts up another rowdy rendition of another like christian <laughs> christian gospel song as they're leaving and i'm like oh my god yeah i was like i didn't realize camp crystal lake was strictly a christian camp that was something that i missed <laughs> yeah. in my first viewings camp, of this film camp christian lake i guess was the original <laughs> name and they were like eh, we could probably make it a little bit more inclusive <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that 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 had me dying too, especially now, right? Because we're like so far in the future that we've seen that trope used, mm. made fun of, et cetera, et cetera, so much that's like it's so hard to take that seriously. <laughs> and I think even without all of this 
background knowledge, it'd be hard to take that seriously because it's like, come on. Yeah. Nothing? Nothing else? Like, shit. Play yeah. cornhole. That's more fun than the shit even you're doing. Like, goddamn. Just sit and talk. Like, even just, just sit sitting and, talk. and talking seems to me like it would be much more entertaining. But now they're having a wonderful sing along. Like I said, this is, it's not, we, we begin the movie in 1958 before we flash forward. So maybe that was like the event in the 50s, but. Yeah, that was the hot thing to do. <laughs> that was the hot activity, yeah. But uh, unfortunately for the, those two that go off, uh, they get quickly offed before they can get off from an <laughs> unknown uh, killer. And one of the funny things or that stuck out to me in that scene, for whatever reason, it's a very minute detail, but I still couldn't help but write it down is when they go up into that little area to go have sex and like they put down like a little mini towel or tarp or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like this tiny little square worth of material. And then they immediately after placing it down, just don't lay on it at all. <laughs> they like, like they roll just, off like, of it, yeah. <laughs> like they fully go like to the right side. Like there was no reason for them to put that thing down. It is capturing nothing from what they're doing you might as well have just done it on the bare floor on the hay i think that <laughs> i think that was the guy's way of being like see see baby you're special because they like do that thing at the beginning they're making out and she's like our relationship is special right and he's like yeah yeah of course i feel like that yeah, was yeah. his way of being like look at this like mm -hmm. psh, i got the i got this nice cozy blanket to protect your your back from the hay and then he's immediately <laughs> like but we do we need it probably not like this clearly predated the time when people realized that dudes will say literally anything Eddie. right before to make sure that they get it in. <laughs> yeah. It was like such a... Yeah, baby, you special. You, yeah, girl, you're the you most special thing I've ever seen. You special. Here, I, take I, the blanket. Yeah, take this blanket. I ain't never seen anybody strum a guitar like you do, girl. Like, <laughs> what? Yeah. But this is another thing. It's... um. I think that Friday the 13th is the movie that a lot of people think of when they think of like, oh, it's it's really playing into that whole sex is bad. And once you have sex, you'll die trope. Mm -hmm. Like, I think a lot of people think of this movie. But I was actually surprised upon rewatch that not a lot of the character, most of the characters that die in this movie they don't have sex. Like, they're just teenagers. They're just teenagers doing teenager shit. Like, yes, some of them do, but mm -hmm. more of the characters in this movie don't. And, like, that's just something that... Because I was one of those people that fell into that, that, you know, group that really felt like this movie played into that. But I think it's yeah. because it starts off with that idea. With that. Yeah, yeah. Of these characters, and like making out <laughs> yeah it's true because there's only really like one major sex scene throughout the entire movie mm -hmm. but um the the flip side to that is like when we fast forward into like the present time of the movie our camp counselors are the horniest group of camp counselors i've ever laid eyes upon despite the fact that only like two of them really have sex sex the it feels like 90% of their conversations are about sex, sex. or having sex mm -hmm. or the possibility of maybe having sex, like <laughs> at least for the guys, for the guys, they yeah. all seem to have a one track mind is um, I'm going to Camp Crystal Lake to get laid straight up. Oh, That's it. a thousand percent, especially Ned. I think that um, Billy, is that his name? 
Billy or Bill. Bill. I think Bill. Bill is the one that's like the most seems like, no, I'm here to do my job and like everything else will be fun. But he's like not mm -hmm. totally focused on that. But then I had to think about it and I was like, you know, if I was that age and I was going to a camp with no adult supervision, I was in charge and I got to stay up as late as I wanted with guys. Is mm -hmm. that super wild to think that like no. sex would be on my mind or not even just sex, but just like, you know, making out and like yeah, smoking just, and yeah. yeah, doing all the bad things. Yeah. Doing everything. No, I, I don't think it's like out of place that they would want to do this. I just really took into account the fact that uh, especially like millennials and Gen Z's have taken a lot of flack over the years about their being overtly sexual and all this stuff. And I'm looking at movies like this and being like, y'all weren't that different at all. No. Y'all need to quit playing. Y'all yeah. was fucking like rabbits and you know it. Y'all were just on the low. Like it was behind closed doors back then, but now it's like, oh, we have we have social media, so maybe you see it more often. But like I know you were at the camp in the mm -hmm. in the bunks with the lights off. Yeah, we know what you did last summer at camp. Yeah. This we is, know. This we know. This is a documentary, is what Friday the thirteenth is. This is showing <laughs> us the truth. <laughs> and the truth is everybody was horny. And also like Okay. And y'all was smoking grass. Y'all was, was smoking that devil's lettuce. Weren't you? Tell us the truth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, so another thing I forget about this movie or that I actually really enjoy about all of the Friday the 13th that I never really think about until I like rewatch any of them is that they are such supporting character movies. Like the final girl is kind of irrelevant in these movies because there's mm -hmm. such ensemble pieces like you remember everybody equally because a lot of it is just them at the camp existing you watch them play monopoly you watch them walk around you watch them make burgers like that's it <laughs> you know yeah. this is a this this plot is thin as tissue paper like literally <laughs> it is being at a camp and being killed and so as a result of what this plot is, the body count is high, which means that you need a lot of characters, which means that you're going to have a pretty big group of camps, like camp counselors, and you're going to basically spend an equal amount of time with all of them. And so mm -hmm. particularly in this first one, you don't really know who the final girl is going to be because yeah. I, I would have thought it was Annie, mm -hmm. like right off yeah, the bat. I I, yeah, I mean, how she's presented, it's definitely, it, it feels like it pulls from Psycho a little bit there, where yeah. they have you follow a character so that you assume that that would be the final girl. But I, I agree, because just like you, I haven't watched the original Friday the 13th in years, maybe even decades at this point. Mm -hmm. So I had kind of forgotten. I was like, wait, which of these, who survives this again? Like, it was like, I know, I know it's a final girl, but I was like, what? Which one of y'all is the final girl? I genuinely couldn't remember. Yeah. And then even at, after watching, like, a it took a while to finally kind of hone in on the fact that it would be Alice. Just because even when she gets introduced, it's no, it's no different than, like you said, any of the other characters. Yeah. Like, she's very much introduced just like any other counselor. Yeah. Everybody is on equal footing here. Like, I I'm sure there are people you might enjoy more than others. Like, 
in this movie, I don't really feel one way or the other towards anybody. I do think that Annie is like a very sweet character. And then I do mm-hmm. think that Ned is like a very annoying character. But other than mm-hmm. that, like you're pretty much just kind of baseline with everybody. And which in these movies, I honestly don't mind because like I said, it is just about teenagers getting killed. Like yeah, they're just it. picked off one by one and that is totally uh, totally fine. But um I do enjoy yeah. that aspect of it. I think that's another reason that these movies are so synonymous with just Jason is because you don't have really characters that you can latch onto and like carry throughout the series besides maybe like Tommy Jarvis, but even he's not even introduced until like the fourth movie. Like, mm-hmm. so for these first few ones, like, Jason is the character, even though he's not even in, he's in this one for like two seconds and he's, it's a version of him we never see again. <laughs> but, yeah, <right. laughs> but, um, that's why I feel like Jason is like the through line and he's the one that you can latch on to because you're not going to really latch on to a final girl in these. At least I don't. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree with that. And it's just one of those things where like having it, well, we kind of actually discussed this um, on our live stream not too long ago about we were, I mean, last week's theme was slasher. So we had a little bit of a discussion on slashers. Mm-hmm. And yeah, one of the big things about Friday the 13th that makes it stand out, despite the fact that it is a straight up ripoff of Halloween, is one, we get to see the kills in this one. That's like the biggest difference between this and the OG Halloween, right? Mm-hmm. Is we really actually see the gore and the violence in this film and it really for a lot of people friday the 13th solidified this notion that the slasher movie is revolving around the kills and after re-watching this movie it's very clear why that thought exists because yeah that that is what it is and that is one of the things that we discussed that is synonymous with slashers is like you're going for the kills it's not about the people it's not about the plot it's about that killer that you know and love, often people in creative ways, and there being a lot of that, a lot of carnage, a lot of violence. Like, that's why you watch a slasher. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that Friday the 13th leans into that more so than Halloween did, I think, is like a big nudge into why a lot of people liked it. Because it's like, now we get to have that cathartic, like, oh, shit, we get to see the knife go through the throat or the axe go through the head. Like, we get to actually witness that. And that is really, really holding the movie together because there are a lot of other plot plot points and things that are not quite as fleshed out. Yes, and the director said, you know, when they started making this movie, they had, like a skeleton of a plot. They were really mm-hmm. like f- working by the seat of their pants, like trying to on the day in the moment, adding things in to help flesh things out. Um, and yeah, because there are scenes in here where you're like, what are we doing? Yeah, <laughs> we're literally just walking on? around. <laughs> Why are we, we're in a diner now. We're in a diner and he's paying for his food. Like that's five, that's a, three minute scene is him paying mm-hmm. for his coffee in a diner and then i'm like what and you know it, it, it's like <laughs> it's funny because i only like those are things that i feel like 
I notice more now, you know, going and watching this movie for, you know, podcast purposes, 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 (laughs) for podcast purposes, going back and having a more like, you know, um, review lens on it i definitely noticed that more but i think it's because they do do a good job of spreading the kills out so you Mm -hmm, will have you have moments like that where you're like all right we're watching monopoly but then you have a but then you have a kill and you're like okay that's enough to like feed my my bloodlust for the next five minutes while i watch yeah this person walk around or i watch these people playing around in the lake. Can we talk about, okay, so this lake scene, (laughs) this lake scene where Ned pretends to drown and like freaks all of his friends out. Um, Why did all seven of them need to try and save him in different ways? It was like two of them dove into the water, two of them, then ride up on a rowboat. Alice <laughs> Alice throws the life preserver and nobody uses it. She throws it, she throws it and then immediately pulls it back in because they were right next to the dock, like they didn't need it. Mm-hmm. Really, only only one person saves him. And I'm pretty yeah. like Marcy saves him. Everybody else. I love the part where they come by on the rowboat and then they just keep rowing. Cause they, they just keep <laughs> rowing. Because they didn't Cause need them. Completely irrelevant. <laughs> no. Yeah, they really they really hopped in there like Autobots roll out. <laughs> like they, they were like squatted the so Avengers quick for no, came out for of no nowhere. Reason. Yeah, everybody assembled and they were like, "Oh damn, I guess you really didn't need us." <laughs> we'll just mm-hmm. keep, we'll just keep going. But I, I don't. That made me laugh for so. It was Alice. Alice is what did it for me. Her throwing, <laughs> her throwing that life preserver and then immediately pulling it back in because nobody used it. I was like, damn. Well, you know what, knowing a bit more now about like the behind the scenes of like how the movie was shot too, I'm sure like the direction for that was probably just like, all right, he's drowning, everybody go do something. And so they all just picked a different like objective. It was like, all right, I'll grab this, I'll get in the boat, we'll jump in, et cetera, et cetera. I'll give it to him though. They look like some Olympic divers jumping into that water to go save him though. They did. Well, she she did. Kevin Bacon looked like it was a little bit of a flop, but (laughs) a little little floppy, but yeah, no, she did. Yeah, she Um, definitely looked like she knew what she was doing. That's why she was the one that saved him, because she like (laughs) probably didn't know what she was doing. (laughs) One of the things I did write down, um, watching this again and knowing how it was like knowing the reveal and everything at the end um one thing i wrote was oh you know that drowning scene just set off the killer like you know that scene pissed her Mm -hmm. off and that's something that i definitely did not catch when i watched it back in the day because you know watching it then you didn't know who the killer was but knowing who it is that scene held a lot different context for me this time around Mm -hmm. i will give it that yeah you know she was huffing and puffing over in those trees because she's like watching them through the trees you know that scene probably got her heated and then she saw them having sex later and she was like oh Oh, i'm about to kill some motherfuckers at this point can't believe it at this point she's already killed because annie's already Mm -hmm. gone too poor thing annie and ned were already dead by the time they started banging yeah, it was like, uh, and I, I felt the worst for Annie just because of the fact that one, she was so naive, yeah. and two, how dare her family force her to walk to camp? What kind of bullshit is that? I know she's like 
legitimately hiking to this camp. And yeah, I felt so bad for her because it's like, she's basically like, oh, it's been my dream. Like, I've always wanted to work at a camp and all this stuff. <laughs> and it's like, oh my gosh. And also that truck driver that like takes her to the camp he did mm -hmm. not have to cup her butt like that when he helped her into the truck right yeah nah i peep that too and even like the little side like oh are all the girls gonna be as pretty as you over at the camp <laughs> and she's like i don't know <laughs> maybe <laughs> i don't know dude <laughs> yeah she she handled that whole scenario like a true trooper like Despite the creepy vibes everyone was giving off, she had such a cheery disposition to her, which I think a lot of that probably just comes from Robbie herself, because mm -hmm. watching the behind the scenes of her talking about doing this movie, she is such a ray of sunshine and energy. Yeah, she <laughs> I actually really so, like her. She was so excited. She felt like what I imagine like I would be on a horror set, like just so excited to do everything. Yeah, like I'll do it. You, want to you need me to jump out of the truck? I can do it. Yeah, I could do it. Like, yeah, because she definitely was very, very excited to to be hands on with everything. And this is a very, yeah, you can like a very hands on movie. Everybody was doing everything. Um, mm -hmm. But also, so Alice, Alice and Steve, like they weren't a thing, right? Steve just liked her yeah that was I, that was weird right like i was very confused by it and i still am confused by their relationship and uh yeah that was what that was weird i never caught that before either because it was like such a brief little moment there but that was real weird. uncomfortable <laughs> he was coming on the strongest the strongest I've ever seen. Like he, when he came over and he was like, wow, you're talented and beautiful. I was like, ew. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then when he like caressed her cheek, the, yeah. the thing that confused me was like, I couldn't tell the way that she looked at his hand was like, I wish you weren't touching me right now was the way that she looked at his hand, but mm -hmm. I couldn't tell like what kind of a relationship they had. Cause it almost Steve was given off vibes. Like they used to date and now they weren't dating anymore. Alice mm -hmm. was giving off vibes like help police 911. <laughs> He's here. He yeah. is here. <laughs> like I was getting like maybe they hooked up one time and right. Steve never got over it sort of vibes, you know? That's yeah. kind of how I felt about it. That's probably what it is. I, I mean, obviously she wasn't super like they know each other. But yeah, I was just like, I didn't I didn't remember Steve as a character at all. So everything he did, I was like, what's going on? Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's so like. He's so inconsequential, like in the grand scheme of things, but he's presented as important. such an important factor right. of this film, which I find so funny, he, like going back now. He feels like he's in there almost just to like help with the exposition because he's the, one, bit, yeah. he's the one that's reopening the camp, right? He is what mm -hmm. he reignited Pamela's revenge because she doesn't want the camp to be open, but it's just... 
it's just so funny that we go on this whole journey with Steve and he's like, you know, homeward bound journey with him. And then as soon as he gets back to the camp, he's immediately killed. Like he doesn't even reach the sign to the camp. He's like <laughs> approaching the sign and immediately dies. <laughs> Yeah, no, nah, he died. He died real quick. And I was expecting him to actually do some. I'm not going to mm -hmm. lie. As we watched his long, lengthy journey to get back to camp, I did assume that he did at least like attempt to do something before he died. Like I assumed he would die. But I was like, you're going to do like you're going to accomplish something before you die. Right. Mm -hmm. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Doesn't like, even make it back on the grounds. <laughs> I, I kept thinking that too. I was like, I don't, I was like, does he get a chance to try and help Alice and then he dies? No, not at all. He doesn't even, he doesn't even know what's going on. Like he doesn't, even, <laughs> he doesn't even get a chance to know that everybody's dead or, you know, something's wrong. He just gets killed straight off the bat. But what is your, what is your favorite kill in this movie? Do you have one? I think... I think it's still Kevin Bacon. Mm -hmm. I do. I, I I really think the Jack kill to me is it's fun because it's different. It stands out. I realize rewatching this again actually is like there's a lot of throat cutting. I think like oh, yeah. ninety percent of them end up with their throat slit as like the end all be all of how they die. Mm -hmm. But I mean the through the bed arrow through the front and like the blood splurting and all that stuff. I was like, that's pretty good. Yeah. I give it to y'all. That's pretty good. It is pretty good. And it actually looks, it still looks really good. And mm -hmm. Tom Savini did all of the makeup effects on this um, movie coming straight off of uh, Dawn of the Dead. He mm -hmm. was hired for this, and I have to With get his uh, homie Tasso. Yeah, Tasso, well. Tasso, who apparently played like had to Plays play everything. every character <laughs> in this movie when they were Yo, on shout screen. Shout out to Tasso. <laughs> yeah. So, but I will say I I do have to give it up to them because obviously this movie was on a budget, like a pretty tight budget, and mm -hmm. a lot of these effects, you know, you have one shot at them. Anything involving blood or like puncturing holes in in prosthetics like latex and yeah. prosthetics and all that stuff yeah you have one shot at it or you're losing time and money and it seemed like everything was going to go wrong with this particular effect the way that they explained it like a lot of things made it so that it shouldn't have worked out but the accidents actually ended up making it better and so mm -hmm. and it is one of the most iconic kills i would say of the whole franchise i feel like anybody who has seen these and even people who haven't seen these like everybody knows kevin bacon gets killed that way in this movie mm -hmm. like it's just it's one true. of those things um yep, it's, but it's gone down in history yeah i was gonna, i was gonna quickly ask what about you like is it is it do you also uh subscribe to the bacon or do you have a different <laughs> do one you also love the bacon or what's up <laughs> um i as great that is a great kill but I actually, after rewatching it, I think I really like Marcy's kill right after that. Um, oh, the axe? Yeah, the axe, mainly because I just think that whole sequence is just really great. Like, mm -hmm. they have a great shot when she's in there and she's using the bathroom and she's let, she's put her flashlight on the floor and it's like panning across the stalls and mm -hmm. it just like passes that light. I don't, and I just think that that was so like clever and i think that whole sequence is a really good it's one of the more tense moments because like obviously we know that 
the killer is in the bathroom because we mm-hmm. all get to see Are from their the perspective. <laughs> yeah. But we never know when it like the killer is going to attack and Mm -hmm. this is one of the few moments because other times when that happens like there are other moments like that but we normally don't see the payoff of the kill right then we see it later but i like that we get to see it all happen in real time with her death yeah is that yeah it's definitely got a great lead up to it and um I, I think even the axe kill itself is pretty iconic as well. Mm-hmm. I, I, you could probably argue whether or not it's as iconic as the Kevin Bacon one, but it it it's definitely one that sticks out. And I feel like every time you see that image, you do remember it from this movie. Mm-hmm. The only issue I had with that part was her pose right before she took that to the head. She doesn't even try. <laughs> she doesn't even try. Not mm-hmm. even a little bit. She accepts like she accepts her face or her fate so quickly. She's like, yeah, this is it. She doesn't try to run. She's trying to fight back. Nope. <laughs> She's just like, eh, it is, you know. I guess. Yeah. But, <laughs> I, guess, I guess this is it. I don't know. <laughs> in like newer movies, I don't let that go. And y'all probably heard me complain about that in newer movies. In these older movies, just because the style of acting was a little bit different mm-hmm. and all that stuff. I, you know, I, I let I let it slide, but I, I can't help but notice it. It's yeah. just one of those things where I'm like. <laughs> and it, it, it's so funny because every like classic horror movie, every time I go back and rewatch them, there's always a death like that. There's always mm-hmm. one where you're like. They really didn't give this actor any direction, huh? They just said, no. be ready, because you're, like, you're about to die. <laughs> yeah, you're about to die. Here it goes in three, two, one. Yeah. And I think a lot of that, too, is probably because back then, it was more about the spectacle of the actual kill, right? Mm-hmm. Where you, there, or the production is getting ready to show you a kill that you haven't seen before. They're about to show you some kind of gory finish that is new to you. And so that's what they put all the attention on. They don't really... I'm not caring as much about the victim's reactions. Like, no, mm-hmm. get ready to see this dope prosthetic bloodshot that we're about to show you. Like, that's that's the important part yeah. of this. And and to be fair, in in defense of Marcy, I I do I know everyone always says fight or flight, but it's fight or flight or freeze because freezing is also <laughs> a it's, it's also true. a reaction it's that true. people have to fear. And I will say for Pamela Voorhees, when you find out that she is the killer, she has two things that she uses to her advantage, the element of surprise and the um, element of, you know, people seeing her and just assuming that she is a warm person to trust. And so you have that in two ways either people see her in this movie and they approach her and they're just like, Hey, how's it going? And then she kills them or she, you know, sneaks up on people and is able to kind of take them by surprise in that way. And Mm -hmm. Marcy's death is a um, surprise. And so I'm going to just go ahead and say that she freezes and that's, Mm -hmm. that's what happens. But it is the way that she does it is, is it just looks a little silly because it's like, She's kind of there. It's like she's not totally committed because she because she probably had to prepare for the like the axe swing, however they were going to do it originally. But mm-hmm. I'll I'll give her the freeze for now. You know, it's it's it, I, I think the biggest thing for me and why it stuck out is because actually her acting up until that point was really, really good. Yeah, it is. Pretty so good. it was very realistic. The moment felt very tense and very genuine. So for that little brief blip. When it's like, oh, mm, 
over dramatic. I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, and then also, um, like everybody in this movie is like a theater actor, true, um, which makes sense. Uh, not not because it's like bad or over the top or anything, but I I think moments like that you can see that that was probably like their theater training, kind of mm-hmm. coming in because uh, when you're a theater actor, you it's so different from being on camera because you're everything is big. You're playing out to a, a theater full of people. So even the people in the back have to see what you're doing. And then mm-hmm. everything you've learned doing in theater, like they're like, now turn, tone that down like 85% for the camera. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> but um basically everybody that worked on this movie it seems like came from a, a theater background which mm-hmm. i thought was pretty interesting yeah i i do think like i je- definitely recommend you guys checking out that um that uh piece on netflix because it does give you a lot of fun insight into kind of like the behind the scenes of the people involved in this production and like how it got made because it actually the story about friday the 13th got made was a lot more interesting than i expected Mm -hmm. i had before watching that i didn't know like most of the stuff because i never really deep dove that far into this franchise but it's one of those it's one of those projects that almost didn't happen you know and it was through the wills of a bunch of people wanting it to happen and then coming together and just making it happen no matter what Mm -hmm. that we are left with this gem that you know has stood the test of time and then created this entire franchise from it right and i always love hearing those stories um i think that's why when you hear a lot of these actors and actresses talk about their experience on films like this it's always usually with um a bit of reverence or nostalgia because it meant so much to them and you can tell um just in how much energy and blood sweat and tears they all gave to it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you can definitely tell that everybody was like really doing their best and giving their all even if people didn't think a lot of them didn't even think anybody was going to see it but Mm -hmm. they you know still did their best with it and I I feel like that I I will say for the actors for as many moments as they have like that they also have some pretty great moments where it actually feels really authentic considering you know that they probably really didn't know what they were supposed to be doing and I and I mm-hmm. and I feel like part of that is because yeah they were left to their own devices so they probably were just kind of like well what would we do if we were hanging out um but there are actually some really nice nice moments between them and also like having a scary movie at a camp is just such a it's just such a great location yeah it truly is a camp is a fantastic place to have this kind of a story because you add in this element of isolation you have the woods you are normally at camps you you know, have younger people and like, you know, that is just a scary idea to just have all of these kids in this area and this person on the loose who is trying to get to them and they have no means of of leaving or getting help. And Mm -hmm. it's up to them to kind of figure it out. And also because camps are so spread out. I mean, it takes ages. It takes basically the entire movie for them to figure out 
what is going on because it's so spread out. Everybody is just getting killed in different locations throughout the entire movie and nobody notices because you're right. Why would they? <laughs> yeah, it. I agree. The camp setting specifically for that isolation factor, it makes it such a good place to set anything within the horror genre. I think the more we cover camp movies, the more that sinks in and the more I am starting to enjoy camp horror a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, it also put into perspective to me. I don't know why, I went back my memory banks watching this movie thinking about it, but I was like, damn, we really out here just sending our kids out into the wild with a bunch of really not adults for <laughs> weeks mm-hmm. on end and then just <laughs> um, assuming that they'll be fine, mm-hmm. you know? Or I'm like, these people who are going to be responsible for a lot of people's children are all kids. Like, yeah, they're teenagers, but they're still they're kids, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, in the grand scheme of things, or at least they're supposed to be playing kids, right? Right. Yeah. So it's just like that that notion of like, yeah, if a killer actually hit a camp, those kids are probably screwed because there is not a lot of people who are going to be able to stop some maniacal killer um, should they be on the loose. But there's normally supposed to be an adult, right? Yeah, like most camps have at least a couple adults like to make sure things don't burn down, right? Right. But, at least from the honestly one camp experience I had as a kid, I remember seeing the adults very, very little. <laughs> they were making cameos basically throughout the entire camp. <laughs> basically, maybe I think I was maybe away for like two or three weeks, and I've seen and I saw them two or three times in my entire time <laughs> there. So um, I would not be counting on the adults at camp to be keeping the kids safe. Uh, yeah, that's just my two cents on it. Um, any camp lovers or aficionados out there, my bad. I'm just saying, maybe, you know, think about the safety of your children. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's... You're going to get a really angry word review. Like, how dare he speak about camp that way? Some yeah. of the greatest days Memories of my life were at camp. Yeah, I was, like, on the fence because I kind of wanted to go to camp, but then I also really didn't want to go to camp. But I never went, but, you know. I went, to, <laughs> I went to basketball camp for, like, a week, but it was literally at my school's gym, and we just, like, went there every day, and... Oh, yeah, and then no, went back different. home. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did that too. Uh, I, I like literally a basketball camp. Yeah. Um, back in the days where I thought I could play basketball, where spoiler alert, I am absolute trash at basketball. Fun facts. You um, know, yeah, I'm bad at basketball, but I'm very good at that arcade. The like. Um, oh, the one. Yeah, the I know what you're talking about. The hoops game at the arcade. The, the hoops game. Erica be winning the tickets. I do. Well. No, I do. I do. I do. Well, because I was like, I guess I normally don't play it anywhere where they give tickets. But if they were giving tickets, I do believe I would be (laughs) swimming in them. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I uh, yeah. Camp is just a a great location. It's super scary. It's very effective. And and the kind of isolation too, uh, away from like authorities and stuff Mm -hmm. is a big factor as well, because I think in a lot of horror movies especially slashers oftentimes you're always looking at the police force to be the thing that um would be what could stop the killer right Mm -hmm. and multiple times in this movie we have the authorities almost being able to be there when they need to be there but then they're always gone when you actually need them right and i thought that that was a nice uh layer that was actually added into the story because it's kind of fun to see like Steve being driven almost all the way back to camp with a cop to then have to walk the last length where he dies um, 
for the first cop coming right before Ralph gets there, which I also wrote down with that first cop. Um, it was a small note, but I was like, how did he make being on a motorcycle look so uncool? I don't know how they were able to capture that, but there was something about that sequence of him like struggling to turn the motorcycle around and driving off. I was like, that is the most uncool motorcycle I have ever seen. I missed it because I was like writing a note and like I looked down where I'm and when I looked back up, there's a cop. The cop was already on the, on the scene and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> it's just because there, there are certain times where they'll just hold a shot on something for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, the cop on the motorcycle is one instance where it happens. The other instance is Ralph riding away on his bike (laughs) we held on that shot until he disappeared into the distance for some reason Uh, i noticed that too i was like why did we watch this man mount his bicycle and start picking up speed and we watch him until he disappears behind the building and i feel like if that building wasn't there they probably would have kept the camera on him longer right why was this man hiding in the goddamn like the food cupboard? pantry or cupboard or whatnot? I'm like, Ralph, somebody needs to be keeping tabs on you, my guy. You you out here. And that that enough would have been like would have spooked me because mm-hmm. they're like so that whole thing happens with Ralph and then even after that, everybody keeps like splitting up. Like um Brenda goes off on her own right in her underwear when she's like well it's time for me to go to sleep but no because there was a man here earlier there was just a strange man in the camp hiding away that none of you knew was there and you just casually go about your lives after that happens i'm like no again y'all should not be in charge of a large group of children they were not in safe hands had they arrived at camp crystal lake they yeah and it's like and 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 not only that but he's telling you that you're gonna die and there's like a death curse on this camp Mm -hmm. like i would have been like hey can the police come back and can we have some kind of a chaperone for the evening just (laughs) to make sure ralph doesn't come back here acting wild and crazy and free but at the end of the day, he was actually right. Was. So, you know. Yeah. I did not realize that Wes Craven and um, Sean Cunningham had worked together before. But that makes a lot of sense because obviously in Scream, uh, we have, mm-hmm. we have yeah. that whole thing with, you know, the Friday the 13th question that Drew Barrymore's character understandably answers incorrectly. <laughs> um, <laughs> because, yeah, because prior to what most people believe, like I said, Jason Voorhees is not the killer of this film. Not only that, but the way that we know Jason, like the way that we normally um, envision him, he doesn't even look like that until the third one. Um, So this, this series to me is the perfect example of a villain who is much bigger than their series because Jason, yeah, he is... A powerhouse later on and he is this unstoppable like you know knocks everything out of his way you can't kill him coming through with the one two kind of guy like later on but mm-hmm. when we first meet him like i said in this one we see him as a little kid he, he's not like that next time we see him he's a grown man um <laughs> he's a grown man wearing a burlap sack gross gross spurts and, they have yeah, i guess and not only that the set because the second one is like my favorites probably okay. of the series but in the second one like jason is kind he's just like a 
per- like he's kind of like a bumbling person. He like mm-hmm. can get taken down. He trips a lot. <laughs> he's yeah. kind of clumsy. Um, and he can be like, you know, kind of distracted and you can use things against him. And that's something that also kind of goes away later on. But I feel like out of all of the 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 big bads that we kind of put up to vote this week, Jason really is the best example of a villain who has like grown to be such a huge figure that like you might not even know anything about these movies. Like you, like I said, you don't probably don't even know the characters. You probably can't remember them. You probably like can't quite remember what he looks like in every variation of this movie. You probably can't quite remember what the point of it all is, but you just know him. Yeah, you know Jason. And one of the crazier discoveries um, in the Netflix bit was learning that he was almost not even a thing. Yeah. Like, he was he was an afterthought that got added in because one of the, one of the backers of the movie wanted a wanted a gotcha carry moment at mm-hmm. the end. So they added Jason back in, coming back. He almost didn't come back, which blows my mind, the fact that we almost didn't have Jason at all. Right. Well, because they never wanted, similarly to every other <laughs> horror franchise that you know has been going on for ages, most of the time, the people that made the first one did not want it to continue as a series. Like, it was supposed to be a one and done. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was meant to be the case. Like Jason is the catalyst of things in this first one, but he's not the most important thing. And I think that's how it was meant to stay. It was always supposed to be Pamela's story. Um, yeah, but then obviously, but it's very clear that uh, we know where Jason got it from following his mom in this last bit of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, this movie made so much money. And so they kept making them and they turned to Jason. Also, did you know? So they were going to continue to have Alice as like the final girl, like kind of like a Nancy or a Laurie mm-hmm. Strode. But um, the actress that played Alice, um, she was being stalked by some guy who was obsessed with the movie and she didn't want to do it anymore because it scared her oh, so wow. much. Yeah, he, I guess no, I didn't he, know that. he like learned her schedule and he would take pictures of of her and then slip the pictures underneath her door. And, oh no. Yeah, and so she was like, I don't want to do this. And like she just it just scared her so much she didn't want to. Yeah, no, don't do that. People don't don't ever do that. That's that's so freaking weird. uh, How about the fuck not? Yeah, I was like, what? (laughs) I thought that was crazy. I had no idea because I was kind of one because she is in the second one for a minute, like literally a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was wondering why they chose to not have the same final girl. But to be fair, it makes a lot of sense in this movie to have different counselors every year. Um, So. Like, it makes sense, but I, I, it was just something I was wondering about. But let's talk about the ending of this movie. Let's talk about the twist, um, because I think that is the thing that really differentiates it from Halloween. Is there is there is a twist in this one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And although I like the twist, I like the idea of the twist and the concept of it, because I'm sure um, I don't quite remember who I thought the killer was when I first watched this movie. It's been too long, mm-hmm. but I can imagine most people when this originally came out watching through probably had a hard time figuring out who the killer was. It really must have been a kind of who done it sort of thing because 
there weren't there were really no big clues or things to lead you to think that it was um miss Voorhees that was doing this stuff but that reveal i think was cool in just the grand scheme of things like oh shit it was her the whole time and it explained a lot of things before is why characters would worse or why other characters were so trusting of her and got so close to the killer when we were at as the killer's pov because you're like why did you trust this person they're clearly the killer Mm -hmm. why are you in their jeep like what's going on here it makes a lot of sense when you see the killer's face um the thing that stuck out to me that was um i don't want to say bad because i don't think it was bad it was just um a little distracting was it felt you know it was it felt like miss Voorhees had such a great 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 ability to off everybody for the rest of the movie but for whatever reason alice was just too slippery throughout (laughs) that entire last 20 minutes of the movie where it's like she went from being this fucking like stealth ops can kill anybody who she puts her target on um like badass murderer too she can barely swing a machete at this girl yeah and it was just like the the juxtaposition there was a little distracting i'm not gonna lie yeah where the friday the 13th movies lose me is usually the last 20 minutes because they get through everybody they kill everybody and then you're left with your final girl or guy depending on what movie it is and it's just a slog especially in this one the last this this whole confrontation with the killer it it goes on for ages it's so long so long and it's not it's not interesting enough for me to not feel that way like yeah because it really is it's it's uh you know she corners she corners alice Alice gives her the one-two. She gives her the loop-de-loop. Alice hits her over the back with a crowbar and then runs somewhere else. And then we get that. Oh, no, she's knocked out. Then she's not knocked out. Then she's knocked out again. Then she's not knocked out. I'm like, like, oh, my Lord. We get that three different times. (laughs) Um, We get some slaps. We get, you know, but... That that slap had me weak. I'm not going to lie. That slap, that that, that front-hand, backhand... (laughs) That she delivered to Alice. For no reason. That's what had me. Is it was for <laughs> no reason. She just wanted she to slap the knife her. on her person. She very easily could have just oh, stabbed yeah. her, but she was like, nah, 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 nah. I'ma send a message. She wanted to slap her. And I was like, okay. Yeah. She she slaps her a lot. She slaps like five times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she shakes her. I'm like, Jesus. And she's like, ah. I wrote down, okay, you know, Miss Voorhees, you wouldn't be going through all this trouble if you didn't just monologue at the beginning. Like she had, she had to tell Alice her entire life story before killing her, and that was her downfall, right? If she had yeah. just done what she came there to do, it would have been a wrap. Like, but that's where you get like it's interesting to me. Earlier, you mentioned Psycho, and it's like you almost have a a reverse Psycho in this one because, like, in Psycho. Norman hears his mother in his head even in after her death like he continues to imagine her still being Mm -hmm. alive and speaking to him and then in this one Pamela hears Jason and like Mm -hmm. speaks to him through her like she will speak out loud as him and then reply to him and 
so a part of me is like, oh, well, maybe maybe she was just in like a when she did that, she was in almost just like a state of reminiscing because she was inside the cabin and like. I don't know. Maybe it was That's one of those fair. things yeah, where, I, where I, Jason, yeah, you're like you know, like, what she I mean? got caught up in the moment, and yeah. Like, I could, and then Jason I came, that. and then Jason came back and was like, "Hey, can you kill By her, <laughs> or what are you doing?" And she was like, "Oh shit!" So maybe it was like one like, of those. You're right. Things. You're right. Um, I can see that. Yeah, and I I will say that I thought the her like talking as Jason and stuff was very off putting mm-hmm. and uh, a very nice touch. I definitely wrote in my notes like, ooh, this bitch crazy several times in that last bit. And so I did think that that part was fun. Mm -hmm. And I even think the last bit of the confrontation when they're at the pier or at the the dock or whatever, Mm -hmm. I think that bit is good. And I really enjoyed that part. But yeah, I agree. It went on really, really long. And I definitely checked out in multiple places up until we got to the climax. Right. And also, Betsy Palmer is fantastic in this movie. Like you said, she's very unsettling. And um, she definitely gives off that air, just enough air of being, oh, like everything's fine. But then you can tell that something's not quite right underneath the surface. Even when we first meet her, you know, there's just this feeling of like something is not quite right here, which is great. But I do think her power in this movie comes from us not seeing her and and it comes from the unknown and then when you see her and it's like betsy palmer versus young sprightly alice it it gets hard for me to believe that alice can't get the one up like yeah girl you can't you can't get the scoop on her because she does. You can't multiple, beat this old woman's she ass. She <laughs> does multiple times. And and I know they keep trying to play it off as like, oh, well, Alice is just having a really hard time like following through. But I'm like, you're going to have to kill her or you're going to die. And so y- you can only play that so many times before it starts to feel grating. And this one just goes, it goes on five minutes too long mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. I did. I did like that. It does end in a decapitation, though. It's yeah. like a. It makes it a little bit better, and it's funny because every time I, <laughs> every time I see the, the the decapitation scene, like one I didn't notice before that it was totally man hands. I missed yeah. it. I I never clocked that those were man hands. I don't know how I missed it, really? but up until, yeah. like putting a magnifying glass on it, I was like, oh shit, those are man hands. But I always think just like if you watch it in the way the body falls, I always think it's going to flip Alice off right before it falls out of frame. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> like I, I know it won't, but I always want it to. <laughs> I've not, Look, I don't know what happens when you get decapitated. I've never seen someone actually get decapitated. But would your hands still go up to your as if you're looking for your face? <laughs> looking around for like, your head. Yeah, like you're like the ghost from Sleepy Hollow. Like I know the, <laughs> the headless horseman because the way that, yeah, I, I you wouldn't notice the hand so much if it didn't come up and almost gesture like not my head oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then just fall to the ground. <laughs> I mean, I'm no doctor, so I don't know the science behind it. I don't mind it. I'm okay with it. Um, now that I know that they're man hands, though, it's one of those can never unsee. Like I will see it forever now. <laughs> and if you didn't realize that those were man hands, um, 
you're welcome. You'll never be able to unsee it either. Mm -hmm. Yes, because Tom Savini's assistant plays is a stand-in for Betsy Palmer for the majority of this movie. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it, you're right. Like that that last sequence, that last little fighting bit, like where Alice is using the oar and she's fighting back and all of that. That's great. Um, One small last little thing that I did want to give them credit for that I thought was very clever was once you find out the the reveal and you find out that Pamela has been the killer the whole time, I do like that they added into the backstory that she also worked at the camp because then it makes a lot of sense that she knows exactly where everything is in the camp. It allows her to sabotage pretty seamlessly. Um, so you can believe that she would know where the phone lines are, where all the lights are, um, and where all the weapons are and so yeah i just thought that that was clever and i did want to give them some props for that because i know i say this is a pretty you know watery script but where they do add detail i i feel like it really does help but we go from that to alice <laughs> taking a leisurely canoe ride on the lake <laughs> on the lake <laughs> um just kind of you know running her fingers through the water like huh everyone's yeah. dead yeah <laughs> she's like just around the river bend <laughs> <laughs> so true yeah the last honestly like the last 10 15 minutes of the movie however long it is you're really just kind of waiting for the movie to be done. At least I was. We're just like, can we can we just do this resolution and be done with it? Mm -hmm. Not like I didn't necessarily have a big issue with it or anything like that. I was just very much spent after that confrontation sequence. So I was like, I just would like to be done mm -hmm. now. Um, yeah. And like, yeah, getting getting Jason coming back, fun. But then it gets you know retconned as a oh, it's a dream. Um, we do get the great. <laughs> Uh, my last note is literally just the boy with an exclamation point <laughs> because of how Alice keeps referencing Jason. But oh, wait, the boy. if you didn't find the boy, the boy, then he's not. He's still up. He's still there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it cuts back to the water. Um, yeah, no, that's fair. It's you're at the conclusion and I feel like you really feel it as soon as Pamela Voorhees is dead. And you can tell that they wanted to end it there. Not that the mm -hmm. not that the jump scene isn't great, because I, I do think that is a great moment and I actually do yeah. not mind it. But yeah, it's like, oh, one more scene. Ooh, one more scene. And you're like, okay, mm -hmm. and one more scene, we're at the <laughs> lake. And you're like, okay. <laughs> and then and then they they end it. One more scene. <laughs> yeah. They're like, maybe we can fit just one more shot in there. And I'm like, you can, but should you? I don't know. Right. Um, but yeah, once it once it's over. I and I think that's because, like I said, I, I the thing that I love about these movies is the the ensemble, the group, the supporting mm -hmm. characters, how ridiculous some of them are. And so when you start picking them off, it the 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 smaller amount of characters we have, like the the more yeah, uninterested I become. Yeah, which is yeah. which sucks because obviously I want the, like these characters are gonna die. The the numbers are gonna dwindle as it goes along. But once you get down to that last person, the everything hinges on that confrontation scene. And I do think once we get Jason, 
it becomes a little bit more interesting. No disrespect mm-hmm. to Pam, but you know, with Jason, he's just able to do more things. Um, and then, you know, you start getting crazier in the future. You get telekinesis and all this stuff in the future. Um, right. And so, yeah, they're able to kind of go a little bit wilder, which helps the entertainment factor, not the realistic factor. But um, yeah, this one is definitely on the lower end for me as far as the the killer final girl chase scene yeah yeah but i think overall for me one thing i do kind of like is there's there's a bit of a charm to having an entire film that ultimately just sets up the franchise's (laughs) killer you know Mm -hmm. where it's like you get this much backstory for jason that it's hard not to at least by the time you're going into part two um, be somewhat invested in this because yeah. you're like, okay, and we've seen an entire massacre mm-hmm. in this in the wake of this boy's death. Like, what does he do now that he's released onto yeah. the world? So, like, is it kind of strange to have an entire film, the origin of an entire franchise, not have the killer in it? Yeah, but it sets him up yeah. in such a way that I think gives him longevity. Um, and for that, like, I do enjoy it a lot. Yeah, you're excited by the time it comes back. You're, like, excited to see, like, what can Jason do? And I mm-hmm. and I do love the way they tie in everything that happened with Pamela and all that. I love the way that they tie that into the second one. And I think that's, I think I like the second one so much because of what they built up in the first. If the mm-hmm. second one was the first one, I don't know I'd feel that I would feel the same. Um, right. Because they, having that having that background really does add to yeah, it. Because we don't really have to do all that again. Um, and yeah, yeah, I, 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 I do think that that's an interesting thing, and I kind of love that that's the way things things ended up yeah. ended up being. But one last question for you, and then I would love for us to rate this. Is Jason a villain? Like, were you ever scared of Jason when you were younger? Or was he a villain that, like, got to you in any way? You know, surprisingly, no. Yeah. Jason Jason never scared me. He was more just a character who I was interested in um, because of his legacy, you know? And, like, by the time I was watching Jason movies, there were enough of them out that... I could consume a lot of his character. Mm-hmm. And for me, he was just one of those. It was very easy for me to separate him from reality. Maybe it's because of the notion that I was like, well, I ain't never going to no Camp Crystal Lake, yeah. so I'm good. Um, that made it like, it's not like Freddie where it's like, well, I have to sleep. So like, I may have to deal with this guy in some weird reality, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for Jason, it was always like, no, nah, this is a movie. It was very easy for me to separate it. So mm-hmm. I don't think I was ever truly afraid of Jason. However, I will say that, um, and this is big props to just Harry Manfredini for crafting such a score, because even though I wasn't mm-hmm. afraid of Jason, I was afraid of his theme. His theme did frighten me, like I'm sure it is, does for a lot of people or excites them. I guess, mm-hmm. depending on who the person is. Um, but that part, I think, was the most unnerving part about Jason to me. Um, mm. and I also did not know that um, the formation of the whole whatever was just a uh, 
condensing the words. Yeah, kill, mm-hmm. kill, and mom, and mom, just you know, smashed together. Mm-hmm. Did not know. Very clever. Very very clever. I took K I from kill. Killer. And M A from mommy. Killer mommy. And I went up to a microphone, and I just went. Very clever. Yeah, it is not cha 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 like we all think it's cha cha, but it's <laughs> the cha cha. It's really it's the cha cha slide. <laughs> yeah, it's kid ma. So it's like, <laughs> but it doesn't. He and he, he even says it too. He's like, I don't know why everybody thinks it's cha cha cha, but it sounds like cha cha cha. All right, that's it why does. it a hundred percent sounds like cha cha cha. So, um, yeah, you made it, so you know, but whatever. I was gonna say to be honest, I used to think it was like. He, 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 ha, ha, yeah, ha. Yeah, like somebody yeah, laughing. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I used to think it was. And I was like, somebody is laughing it up in the afterlife. <laughs> but yeah, Kiki Ma sounds Kiki Ma. That reminds me of the the spell from Halloween Town when she's like, big Kiki Ma, big Kiki Fee. Yeah, it's like, it's weird. Even like seeing it phonetically, like even when I say it just doesn't sound right, but whatever. Yeah. That, that is what it is. That's, that it's written. That is, that is <laughs> So factual. it is written. So it, <laughs> so it is. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, um, to, to round that answer out, no, Jason never really scared me too much when I was younger. Yeah, me neither. Like, I feel like I was scared of camps in a way mm-hmm. after these movies came out, but I, I never was really scared of Jason. And I feel like that's the reason that I kind of missed the boat on these because I, I feel like I discovered this around the same time that I was discovering other movie franchises that really scared me. And I was like really diving into the ones that scared me cause I just like needed to know how they ended up. And so I kind of missed the boat on this one. And then I feel like it wasn't until Freddy versus Jason where I was like, huh, I really missed a lot of Jason. <laughs> of Jason like, I, yeah. you know, yeah, I was like, there's a lot I really don't know about his character. Um, he was always more of an interesting character to me than a scary one. And I do think I, at times, like the the more silent, um, like um, always walking, always moving characters, I'm, I don't ever get that feel that scared of i definitely i feel like i feel more scared of characters that are much more like human Mm -hmm. um for some reason or characters that can speak i think it's because it feels harder to I, i i think what it is with jason is that it feels easier with jason to find some way to manipulate him or like reason with him and almost like pause him than it does for other characters that scare me mm-hmm. and so and i and i think that just comes from the second one yeah. for me because like she you know she finds a way to kind of like pause him for a second and i always like think of that but i i do want to go back and rewatch all of these now because yeah. i think that might help me get more on the on the jason train yeah most definitely yeah rewatching the this movie again definitely reignited my spark to want to revisit the entire franchise Mm -hmm. um because it's been a little bit it's been it's been a hot second since i've actually sat and like watched through and there are there are a couple that i think i have not seen um but i'd have to go through and like look at all of them again to see which ones they are yeah 
Well, there's a lot. There, 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 there's a lot. There's what, <laughs> Don't 12, you worry. I believe. Yeah, yeah. There's twelve. Yeah, there's there's enough. There's enough there to watch. <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah, truly. There's a whole. The you got enough for a full-on marathon. Mm -hmm. Um. But what should we? What should we rate this out of? That is a great question. You could rate it as sweaters. Sweaters, arrowheads. Arrowheads. Uh, hallelujahs. Hallelujahs. Uh, we could rate it out of, um, oh my gosh, I literally just had one in my head. <laughs> Where'd it go? You missed Where'd it, so. Where'd it go? We, oh, I was going to say we could rate it out of bicycles. Bicycles. Li life preservers. Oh, life preservers it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got we to gotta do it out of life preservers. We have to. <laughs> All right. Uh, you want to go first or you want me to go first? Um, You go first. Okay, for sure. Uh, you know, I think I'm actually really settled on this one. I think I would give the original Friday the 13th three out of five life preservers. Ah. Yeah. I. You know, it's, it's not the best movie that's ever been made, in my opinion. Like, watching it now, it's... It's not that it's got, it, bleh. it's not dated. It's, I, I think a lot of things still hold up very well. I just think the mm -hmm. style of horror and slashers has evolved since this movie came out. So it's made it a little bit harder to watch. However, the, the, the nostalgia factor is still there. I still like revisiting the origin of such an iconic killer. And I think that there was a lot of heart and, and and there's a lot of fun to be had with this movie. So I don't think like it's a complete wash by any means, but watching it now with a more critical lens, there are a lot of like moments of just nothing really going on. There are points where the story drags a lot and like in between kills feels like the movie dips for me. Um, mm -hmm. However, even with that being there, I still enjoyed watching this again and I enjoyed revisiting it. And like I said before, it was enough of an enjoyable experience that I would go back and revisit the entire franchise. So for that, mm -hmm. I definitely think it was worth going back and talking about. So three out of five life preservers for me. Nice. Um, I'm going to give this I'm going to give this three point six and a half. Okay. Life preservers. Okay. Um, yeah, I I actually enjoy this one more than I was thinking I was going to because, like I said, I usually skip this one and go straight to the second. But I, I enjoyed going back and rewatching it and kind of seeing the base of everything. I found myself liking the characters a lot more than I thought I would, especially Alice. I actually think she's a pretty interesting final girl, and I like that she is, like, I like how similar she is to her friends. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, oh, I'm I'm different. And that's why I survive. Like she just just happens to be the last one alive. Yeah. And it is what it is. <laughs> um, I do like the twist of it being Mrs. Voorhees. I think there's a lot of shots in here that I I think were actually very creative and clever for a filmmaker who was pretty fresh into the game. Mm -hmm. Like I I appreciate them. I like the um the makeup effects are fun and the kills are interesting the camp setting is awesome but yes the last 20 minutes of this movie are not 
my favorite. <laughs> um, it takes a while to get to where we're going. And by that point, I'm just ready for there to be some kind of a conclusion. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I do really appreciate what they did with it, especially considering that they were just going off of Halloween. And I also appreciate the foundation that they laid for the future. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, 3.65 life preservers out of five. Okay. That's solid. That's solid. <laughs> um, but yeah, what are your homies thoughts on um, this franchise, I guess, as a whole? Jason as a villain, but also this like this first Friday the 13th. How did you feel about it? Uh, did you like it? Do you feel differently now? Have you seen it recently? I feel like it might have been a while. Uh, most people probably checked it out again for this Friday the 13th that just passed. Mm -hmm. So it probably hasn't been that long. Yeah. But, um, but I would like to know what you guys think of this one. Um, please let us know, and you can talk to us on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. And you can always reach out to us via email. We are homies of horror at gmail.com. Also, if you have any business inquiries, uh, I suggest going through our email. Um, it's more likely that we'll see it. I am very bad at checking message requests on Instagram. Um and I feel bad because sometimes I'll check them and they'll be weeks old. So mm -hmm. yeah, send email us if you want, if you have any business inquiries because we're more, li more likely to both of us to see it and someone will get their eyes on it than on Instagram. Um, but yes, email us if you'd like or if you want to talk to us and other homies about horror movies in general and all things spooky join our discord the link for that is in our bios um and discord is free so just slip in and hang out if you'd like um like i said we will be on twitch discussing other horror villains ones we like and dislike uh tonight uh if you're watching this on monday tonight We'll be on Twitch live doing that and playing some spooky games. If you'd like to come through and hang out and chit chat with us, then please go to our social medias and go to our links and our bios and you can find the Twitch link for that. And last but not least, if you are so inclined, we would love it if you would hop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating or a review. The more ratings and reviews we have, the better. It helps Apple recommend our podcast to more listeners. And also, we just like hearing from you guys and hearing what you think about the show. So if you have an Apple account and you would like to do that, we would very much love for you to do that. But that's it, homies. Um, we've really enjoyed this October extravaganza. We hope that you have as well. And the next time that you will be hearing our voices through your ears, it'll be November. So I guess we'll see you then. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. Catch you next time, homies. Bye. <laughs>